What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into the Tuesday Track Talk podcast, episode number 22, featuring your three stones pit crew. My name is Kellen. I'm your Jackman. I'm your Gasman, Cameron. I'm Cam, your tire changer. And hot off the press, we got the Daytona 500 wrapping up on a Monday night, which is just absolutely throwing my week off. Um, <laughs> So we're getting wrapped up with Daytona, kind of a wild finish there. So we'll kind of dig into that. Um, we'll check on ASA Stars National Tour for Asphalt Super Late Models. And then uh, High Limit finished up at uh, East Bay. So we'll kind of recap those and give you a couple short, quick race previews as we get ready for another wild week of racing. But uh, where are we at here, fellas, for the week? I know it's a Monday night we just raced, but where are we at? What's up? What's new? Well, I mean, I'm glad racing season's all up and running again. I uh, may or may not have slacked off a little bit at work right when 3 o'clock came around. <laughs> Productivity way down. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, a lot of good racing. Uh, feels good to be back. And, yeah, I ain't lifting until I see God or the checkered flags. Let's roll. <laughs> <laughs> Another all-time quote comes out of Daytona. So, my God, um, kind of let's we're gonna go. Uh, we'll go ahead and look at ASA Stars National Tour. So they had race one of their schedule for the year, um, down at New Smyrna, part of the Speed Weeks. So, um, what were initial reactions, initial feel? How were we when we were watching that race? What were we processing and feeling and and seeing? I think a lot of it is when you saw a lot of favorites kind of running up front right out of the gate. Majeski kind of took off right away. Bubba Pollard was kind of making his way up. I think Butcher was up there for a little bit. So, I mean, you saw a lot of the guys that were up front were kind of staying up front. Uh, and, except Connor Jones. Yeah, except Connor Jones. He kind of <laughs> fell back. Um, yeah, I just... Yeah, it just it seemed like a lot of the guys that you kind of expected to be there were there for that. Uh, I think one of the things uh, you kind of alluded to it already, um, always love giving our Wisconsin drivers some love, but Majeski didn't probably have the qualifying run uh, that he hoped or expected to have. I think he started deeper than he's probably started in the last two or 17th. three years. Started 17th. And did all he could to get that hard charger award because it took very few laps and showed his dominance again on the late model scene and had that thing right up front early on. And um, towards the end of the race, um, you can't ask for much more at the end of that race. They're two of the best of the best on that scene with Bubba Pollard and him racing for a win at the end. So that was awesome to see. Um, but as a lot of these races go, there's you don't leave these tracks without some smashed up race cars. And uh, don't think Billy Van Meter made any friends uh, that this past weekend. Oh, my. <laughs> you want to talk about a hot driver, Derek Thorne. Or not, sorry, not Derek Thorne, Derek Griffith. Yeah. Well, I think, I guess I didn't, you didn't, on the broadcast, didn't look that bad. Um what happened but once they, really, they didn't have a camera angle yeah and once you see Derek Griffith's onboard camera 
Yeah. The, the whole wheel get... slipping from the hands is not a good explanation for oh. what he pulled off there. Well, and the hard part was not only that it ended his race, it ended Griffith's week too. So it was just they loaded up and they were just done because that thing was unfortunately jumped. Yeah. Um, and he just caught him and he got loose going into one there. And it's at that point, you're just along for the ride. So, I mean, kind of with that, to that point, Cam, it was kind of a little bit of a race of attrition too, that there was just here and there, you just had guys kind of just getting tangled up a little bit. So, um, just keeping yourself out of the, out of the wrecks and you were going to be all right. So for that too. Yeah, you know, kind of going through the results here and some of the guys that ended up falling out of that race. You know, we talked about uh, Van Meter and Griffith. Brad May, who was going to be kind of a favorite, he left due to mechanical issues. Jeff Joquette left. Uh, Steven Assey had his record. He hit pretty hard, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ty Fredrickson, he left because of mechanical issues. So, um, it was, yeah, there was definitely a little bit of attrition. Um. But again, it's kind of they had a lot of long, drawn out runs too, where a lot of them guys were just getting lapped to boot too. And it just felt like, and we talked about Majeski making ground, but it just felt like with that race, track position was king. Oh yeah, you just you, you had to be out front. You had to be there because there really was. Uh, I mean, outside of somebody like Nassie and, and Majeski who were making ground, there really were no big movers and shakers, really, so to speak, outside of Majeski. So it just felt like um, track position was king early and just starting up front. So so looking at the top 10 as far as results go, you had two drivers that were outside of the top 15 that finished in the top 10 of mm -hmm. that race. Uh, Austin Nason started 20th. He finished seventh, and Kyle Stickley, Stickley, if I'm pronouncing it right, he started 31st and finished eighth. Oh. So there's your hard charger. Yeah. Bubba Pollard was started 11th as well. Yeah. There's some guys making some ground. So, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, at the end of that race, Pollard was – he was real Majeski in. Oh, yeah. He was going to beat Majeski even if he didn't have his problems. He, he was a tenth, a tenth and a half, two tenths a lap. He just, when it was time to turn the wick up, he was there. Yep. That class of the field. And we talked about this last week again, Bubba Pollard. Look out. Get hot again. The dude's dialed in and he's, and uh, when, he's in to prove a point that when he's dialed in, he is tough to beat. Yeah. Very tough to beat. What's, uh, what was your guys' thought on the run? Or the line that they were running going into turn one. Did it seem like there were a lot of guys creeping up the track and door kind of door dinging a little bit? It felt high. The inside yeah. groove, yeah. Yeah, the, the, even what you would consider the inside groove, it felt high. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's a little bit uh credit to the four barrel compared to the two. It, you just couldn't quite wrap the bottom that you had to just yeah. let it let it drift a little bit. But I do have to say, when they got side by side, there's a couple moments you're like, I you almost wrecked two race cars there. It felt they were diamonding the corner. Yeah, absolutely they were. Yeah, it just I felt think. like there was a couple moments where you're like, I there were a couple where I'm like, oh, he's gonna get he's gonna get knocked out of the way when he gets into three, <laughs> and it's just 
Yeah, but the interesting part was then you go to the other end, and I think that's kind of the cool part about New Smyrna is it's just shaped a little different where they could wrap the bottom. Yep. In three and four, where that one and two was just had that big diamond in the middle, let it let it kind of drift up, and you're coming down off, and you can make that back stretch as long as possible. I forgot who said it. I think it was Majeski actually that said it, you had a really good car if you could wrap one and two like you would five flags. Mm. If you could just wrap that bottom like you would at five flags, you won't, you had the dominant car there, and that's exactly what Bubba was able Bubba was able to do. Yeah, for sure. And I think you know, kind of that point. Last point on that is, you know, a lot of these times, some of these tracks, you know, are bottom feeders or bottom dominant. But that higher up line in one and two, if you had the car to do it, there was times where guys were making that work. Or you could at least yeah. hold your own, which made it awesome racing. I mean, you know, it wasn't one of those things where it was like, hey, if you're stuck on the outside on a restart, you're gonna you're gonna lose, you know, three four spots until you can get in line. No, some of those guys were making it work and holding their own, if not gaining a few spots. So, um, yeah, I thought it was definitely interesting racing, um, good racing for that fact, but. Um, no, it was definitely, definitely a little bit of a weird entry. Um, but I do have to say, I think, Cam, to your point, I think that had to do with that new tire compound that Hoosier brought for the race. I think it gave him a little bit more flexibility to go ahead and run, hang on just a little bit longer on the outside as well. So, again, another element to that, too, of having that new tire on uh, bolted on the cars. So... Kyle, yeah. give a shout out to your guy before we wrap it up, old Casey Roderick. I was oh, just about Roderick, to bring yeah. him up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he was strong all night long. Yeah. Well, for sure. Uh, another guy that I kind of want to shout out to, Brent Cruz. Talk about a welcome, a welcoming uh first race, kind of like a Fredrickson at lacrosse. Yeah. You couldn't have done it much better against a very stacked field in the way that he did. Yeah, and on top of that, winning the, the super late model. Yep, one, yep. So showing that he's has arrived, obviously, with Donnie Wilson underneath him, that that, that team put together a rocket of a race car. Yeah. Uh, but obviously keeping himself out of trouble all week. So, yeah, pretty cool little deal there as well. Just looking at those two, Bubba led 17 laps. Led the last 17 laps. That's all he led. I was going to say it was probably to be the last 17, yeah. Yep, last 17. Majeski, hands down, led the most laps. Um, But Bubba was leading when it mattered. Yep. It's only the last one that pays. You, you got that right. You got that mm -hmm. right. So, so. Uh, Bubba Pollard. Jet Nolan, Casey Roddick, Brent Cruz, and Giro Rizzuri, your top five. Chase Elliott, who was very quiet but just kept himself out of trouble. Austin Nason, them two guys were fighting hard yeah. that entire race for a good chunk of it. Kyle Steckley, Cole Butcher, and Jake Finch were your top ten in that one. Yeah, good. And for good. you guys, old DK, Derek Krause was 12th. Started 12th, finished 12th. Uh, rolled off without power steering to even start the race. So they got me. Makes for long 200 laps. You got that right. So, no, yeah. good race. Really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Next one comes down uh, March 24th at Five Flags Speedway. So, you can probably see a lot of guys there again. Maybe just, all right, 
it's a practice run for the snowball between yep. the competition that's there and just running the track itself. Data. Yep. Test the tune, especially with the new tire. So, yeah, well, that kind of wraps up uh, Stars National Tour at New Smyrna for their season opener. Um, let's go ahead and jump over to the dirt. Uh, we got high limit sprint cars kicking off their season. So they went to East Bay. Um, obviously, we talked a little bit about it last week. But East Bay closing up at the end of the year. Um, Mother Nature, not so kind on night one. Uh, they got through hot laps and qualifying, I believe. Rained out, turned around. They ran two features in one day. So hats off to the high limit crew and how they ran that whole year. I mean, they talk about day one, a little bit of calamity. They did a they did a really good job running that show. So um initial reactions to high limited East Bay. No, I was I'll say um yeah, first and foremost, the most important part was getting the shows in and to get smacked with some adversity right off the bat on Monday night. I think they got, you know, one or two heat races in and then it it was just raining sheets last week when we were recording and I think it pretty much wiped out all the racing in Florida last last week. But no, um again, we talked in depth on this when Lucas Oil was at East Bay. It's just a crying shame that that track is closing because you didn't think that racing could, you could top, you know, the shows that Lucas Oil put on, but those sprint cars were as good, if not better. Um, you guys ripping the wall. You had Tyler Courtney running the very bottom, guys just all over the place. And um, no, I was, I was quite, I don't want to say impressed, but happy with the first night. It's some of the things like they're trying to do high limit, you know, like some unique things that I kind of like, like, you know, at one night at a race, you know, a driver gets his playlist. So trying to do some of those like unique things where like the first night, I forget who it was, if it was Justin Peck or I don't know whose playlist it was, but whatever, some of those unique things that were, you know, let's get to know the driver a little bit more. Um, I enjoyed. I like kind of the change up, you know, playing music, you know, between heats and, you know, whatever. So overall for the first two races, a high limit, I liked it. Trying some new things. I'm sure, you know, between Sweet and Larson, they're going to roll with the punches, take all the feedback and just keep trying to make it better. But overall, um, I enjoyed it. I think to your point, Cam, with like the playlists and the, the, you know, the fan interaction in between qualifying and the heats, they're trying to get out of the routine that was sprint car racing, the schedule of the day. Yeah. You could, you could literally, as soon as long as you knew the start time, you could make the entire schedule and have a damn good idea on when everything was going to end. Where this one, it just kind of disrupts that a little bit. Yep. And adds that personality into there. Highlights, yeah. it, it highlights the drivers. Yeah, a little bit more. I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd say non-traditional, but it is like it's something different. And um, they, of course, flow. They love the QR codes. You can open it up and you can scan the the Spotify playlist like Cam was yeah. talking. To. Um, so that was that's did, pretty cool. But did uh, either of you guys take advantage of that or? I didn't. I was too wrapped up. Honestly, the Whiskey Myers Victory Lane thing. 
Yeah. 10 I, out of 10. That was awesome. I was, I was digging that there. Um, that was pretty solid. I was enjoying that. So that was like, I didn't, but the whiskey Myers deal that that's pretty cool. Sure. So I was kind of too in tuned with other races that I didn't really get to fully pay attention to high limit. Um, but again, you had a, a strong car count there too, that it added to the competition that was there for that race. I mean, yeah. Larson had, you want to talk about a tail two races goes from winning feature one on that night to flipping on night two or on feature two, really. Yeah. Yeah. Night two, same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, no. Uh. So kind of just looking at the, at the race winners, you got Larson winning the first feature, the makeup rain feature. Um, and then you got Sunshine, Tyler Courtney taking feature two. So that's uh good to see it. He's uh running well as well. Um getting getting ready and gearing up for the season. So again, again another a, a guy that could be a threat. Yep, he can be a threat to anywhere. I think too, you know, off that there was some I don't want to say unexpected but i think definitely some guys that you know set the tone for the year um anthony macri um solid qualifying and i think he finished in the top five if i pull this up quick one of the nights night one he finished um in the top five so some of those guys cole macedo um had a solid run and then tanner thorson as well so um some guys you see up front that I don't want to say you don't typically see up front, but um going up. Yeah. Um definitely some of those guys hopefully setting the tone for the year, getting off and getting off on the right foot and you know. It's tighten, tighten your points race up throughout the year. Yeah. For me, it was always like, all right, you got new faces, new names, new paint schemes different teams it was like all right well that car was this individual now it's not so i'm you're looking at the cars expecting somebody in here in a different name so some slick looking race cars i mean for sprint cars they had some wild paint schemes that were, that were pretty sweet so um just getting reacclimated to new names new faces so one thing that we'll probably have to keep an eye out for and we'll give it a little shout out here to mastery casters on the old tweeter app uh, I didn't record. I didn't see this before the race, but I might have to keep an eye on us. He had a little preview thing, just a simple screenshot of it. He had high rollers versus the invaders. He called them uh, <laughs> recent East Bay race winners. And then he just had some notes in there. And one of the notes was that Justin Peck was second behind Tyler Courtney during both all-star circuit of champs races in 2023. So Tyler Courtney was already very good at East Bay and he showed why. Yep. Yeah. Well, snagged a feature win. Yep. So more things just... change the more they stay the same. Brad Sweet finishes fourth the first night and third the second night. So the more they change, the more they stay the same. He'll be up front every every single week, every single race, and <laughs> there's a good chance he's going to have something to say about who wins the inaugural championship. Yeah. Well, you got to remember Larson's only running the Tuesday night deal, so. Uh, with his schedule now gave him a little flexibility to get those two those two features in prior to just running on the midweek mm -hmm. championship side so 
would think he'd be a fairly heavy favorite to win that as well. So, um, yeah, that kind of wraps up what was uh, two two days, one day of uh, some good spring car racing at high limit for East Bay. Um, all right, so we're going to jump into hot off the press, the weekend at Daytona, um, a little bit of everything. Um, let's go ahead and jump into the trucks and ARCA. Um, where, where do we want to start with that one? <laughs> I'm, where do you want to start with that one? I mean, <laughs> yikes. Well, first off, start in the shop. <laughs> first thing, one thing that I want to talk about, both of them, the trucks and the cars were severely unstable in the draft. <laughs> severely. I... I just felt like they were moving more than they ever have. Yep. And they yeah. mentioned, like, I told you guys, like, I was racing into to the radio broadcast at first for the truck race. And I, like, they had Cole Custer as the guest announcer on that one. And he said, these trucks, the trucks are definitely of the top three, the Cup, Xfinity, and trucks, they are definitely the hardest to handle in the draft, hands down. Mm, it should. It definitely showed. showed. Uh, it also showed in the number of trucks we wrapped as well. Um, yeah, I mean, so kind of, kind of going on that, I guess, to build onto that point, is that a lack of experience, or is it guys just making moves and they're not clear? Is it accountability? Is it inexperience? How? What are we feeling in the mix of all of that? I well, guess. Look at how many bad pushes there were. That too. Yeah. But I think that goes with the lack of experience. It's no. you don't, you have to know when to bump guys in the, yeah. you can't bump in the corners. You can't bump in the trials and that's where they were getting hit. Or even if you're on straightaway, if you absolutely ram a guy, you just can't hit him on that corner. You have to hit him straight. Yeah. So I'll take it two ways. Um, I think what feeds this all feeds into all this, and say what you want, but the if we're talking freshman JV and varsity, the truck series is essentially the freshman team in the NASCAR series, which leads to inexperience and a lot of young guys out there, and I think. Another thing that feeds into it these, is these guys. The unfortunate part about racing is you got to make a name for yourself or you're jobless. Yeah. And some of these younger guys get in these trucks and it's like, hey, I only got five races scheduled for this year. I got to do something and make a name for myself, which leads to them trying to win the race on lap six. And we got five smashed up cars or trucks. So I think one of it, I think it starts with, you know, these young guys are trying to make a name for themselves, knowing how cutthroat this business is. And if they don't perform and they don't do well, they're going to be jobless. But with that, I think that leads to the inexperience of them doing stuff to try to not see the full picture and try to win the race early, which leads to 
we had smashed up trucks early and it's just like and guys, we don't need to be winning the race on lap six and pushing and trying to make blocks and stuff it's like guys we're six laps into it just it almost kind of get the field in a groove before you start throwing blocks and stuff yeah and that's what i was gonna say cam is kind of it's almost like a feeling of you don't know what you don't know and for some of these guys that's the first time one they're in a truck but two they're at daytona it just felt like the perfect calamity of like guys being aggressive but you don't know what to expect and those trucks push such a big hole in the air that it just you don't know how you're going to take a push. You don't know how hard you can push. And then you got to remember, those guys can't lock bumpers like the Cup Series can and just push and push and push. So I think that to that point, too, you get those big runs and those big shots, and it just turns into uh, trucks not being able to handle it or guys not knowing where to take that energy. And with that, um, you know, they alluded to it in the Cup race. You can practice and you can sim race all you want. And you can go to practice and run in a group and practice. But they said on the cup race, you don't know what you got or what to f- how it's going to feel until you get 35 trucks on the track, you're too wide, and everybody's bumper to bumper. Yep. You just can't simulate that. So, I mean, for a lot of those young guys, it's you're learning on the fly. What does my truck got? This, that, and the other thing. I, I know – Nowadays, you know, the Sims and stuff like that is pretty damn realistic, but still it's some of that you're feeling stuff that you've never felt before for the first time in your life when you're out there going 180 miles an hour and you're in the middle of three wide. That and then you throw in a savvy vet like Johnny Sauter out there who shot out, led the most laps, won a stage. Who when he's running that outside lane, he wasn't cutting those guys in inch <laughs> pinching them to the bottom doing all the savvy vet tricks he could i think it was brett holmes that he wrecked didn't touch him but he got so close to him that holmes lost to coming out of the corner but yeah i don't know i don't know where the series goes from here obviously you saw on social media there's not a lot of great reviews about it the amount of equipment that gets smashed up so I guess I don't know what one specific thing leads to that. Hopefully it was, let's just hope that it was just Daytona, but I don't know. And that's, it's back-to-back races for them guys. Phoenix (laughs) wasn't very great. Oh my God. And then you go to here, wasn't very great. And then we go to Atlanta. (laughs) So like I was talking to my grandfather about this. Like one of the points that we made was it is kind of goes to maybe like that accountability side of things where you don't get the cup presence like you used to in the truck series or the Xfinity series where if somebody screwed up, that cup guy was coming to grab you by the collar and tell you what you did wrong. Mm-hmm. Or he's like, hey, come to the bus. And two hours later, you come walking out with your tail between your legs because yep. you know you screwed up. You get your cage rattled a little bit. Exactly. You got the fear of God put in you, basically. <laughs> listen here and listen good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was one thing that I kind of thought of. And two, again, it kind of is like monkey see, monkey do. You look at the guys that race on Sunday, and you're looking at the moves that they pulled off. They wrecked on lap six today. Yep. 
So it's who it knows? Came, yeah, it was interesting because then you see, I, I saw a lot on Twitter that the when they had their drivers meeting, they the truck series at least they got to talking to about smashing stuff up. And then they go and smash stuff up. And we proceeded lap number four. I think it was lap number four, number six, that we got a couple junked trucks already. It's like, yeah. did you listen? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, mean, that was tough. I So I guess in my – I guess one of the thought – one thought I have is how do you correct this or how do you get accountability? Because – you know, now with, you know, cup guys having, they're restricted on how many races they can do, you know, so you're not going to have cup guys in trucks that often, but it's like, if Sanchez is wrecking, wrecking Christian Eckes, I mean, that's two 21 year old, like who's going to pull him aside and say, hello, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so I've got two responses to that. There's the harsh way and the tough way. The harsh way is that you get your ass beat by somebody. Yep. The tough way. <laughs> I figured you'd like that comment. <laughs> the tough way is that if you wreck a truck, you're working on that truck in the shop that week. Yeah. You're coming in bright and early to work on that, fix that truck. Yeah. There's no simulator work this week. You're turning wrenches. Exactly. And that makes a guy think about the things that he does really quickly. Well, and I think this, this, like the sad part of the, not sad part, but, you know, I remember that Kellen, you were in lacrosse that weekend last fall for the truck race. And I was like, it's 1130 at night and we're on restart in overtime. We're on like restart six. I'm like, dude, I am going to bed. Like this is not like oh, it just yeah. got to a point where it's like it's like not it's like not good. It's like we're gonna drop the flag, somebody's gonna cut way below the apron, somebody's gonna try to block, we got a wreck truck, let's do it again. And it, it you know it sucks and it's like it's not good for the sport. And then you follow that up with Daytona, who Christian Eckes finished tenth. And I can't quite wrap my brain around the top 10, but I know for a fact he finished 10th and his truck was wrecked. I don't even know that he crossed the finish line. It's like that just goes to speak what this series is doing, what these guys are doing. When somebody who's got a wrecked truck had damage all night and he finished 10th. So we got, we started the night with 36 trucks and we got less than 10 that are crossing the line for the record yep. for the record 51 of the 101 laps that were run were under caution that's you're literally 50 percent of your race was under caution throwing throwing that out there trying to get so you threw that out there and you left it little cliffhanger you gonna throw any input in on that <laughs> you just it's, it's the crazy, you just it's just the crazy stat and had no opinion on it. i just i saw it in this article that i'm reading uh from nascar.com and it's just 
you, that just shouldn't it shouldn't happen. No, it's it, it's what's next, but how do you how do you address it? You st- does NASCAR just start parking guys? Hey, I know it's Daytona. Park it. Have I know night. it's Daytona, but do you put do you do you race trucks at Daytona? That comment was thrown out on Twitter. I mean, does the first race need to be at Daytona? Yeah, that's a conversation in itself. Maybe that's mid-season type of deal. But that's that conversation is out there too. So I don't know. It could be. I could say it's definitely an experience, but I think it's guys got to learn somehow. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the hard part of it. Is there's there's got to be an experience curve to this, and it, I guess it comes at what dollar amount. Yeah. For the record, guys, Xfinity is starting to boot up on FS1. Sounds good. Love to keep you guys want to tune in. I mean, and I know, like you said, sometimes it's like Raja. I mean, he was the one. Yeah, he had, had a little saying who won that race as well. I mean, he was the cause of the big one, which took out 80% of the trucks. But, yeah, I just, I don't know where you, you know. That's what I mean. How myself you- learned, I, like in my life, like I learn by doing stuff. Like that's how I learn. I have to yeah. do it myself to learn. But it's like, and I, you got to give these guys some grace. Cause like we said, it's experience. These are 18, 19 year olds, you know, whatever. But it's like Kyle Bush's shirt. Most expensive night of my life. Huh. <laughs> I mean, when you show up to Daytona, I mean, like you're literally showing up and for a lot of these teams, it's like puts the team in a hole to start the year financially. Yeah. I I don't know what's next. I'm going to keep tuning in and see if this gets better. Good news is we go to Atlanta next, which races like a super speedway. So should should be, should be some action pack racing, but it's just one of those scenarios. It's just like you all, you just can't look away. Because the big <laughs> one happens every other lap. <laughs> yeah. You want know, to talk about a tough, like, another part to that is, like, I know you want to put on good racing, but, hey, you want to lose fans and lose interest. Reason number one is run 50% of your race under caution. That's a start. Yeah. So I don't know where we go from here, how, how we fix it. but And I mean, honestly, like, so this entire conversation we've had about the truck series, I mean, it's it's parallel in the Arkham Menard series, right? Oh, yeah. They, uh, yeah. You can you can wash, rinse, repeat. It's the exact same scenario. I mean, they I think they wrecked on lap three instead of lap six. Yep. It's the exact same scenario. It's how do we, where, where do you go from here? I mean, how do you address it? How do you answer those questions? And if teams are okay, just keep sticking money in that stuff and in it that way, I guess. All right. Well, they signed up for it, but yeah. So, I mean, so actually let's, we can go back to um, Nick Sanchez ultimately ended up winning the, winning the truck race there. Um, we kind of, was... Johnny led a ton of laps and he looked really good in that niece truck. Um, but yeah, ultimately, Sanchez ended up coming away with that. He was due for a win. Yeah. 
especially yeah. later part of the year, he was due for a win. Not the place he expected him to win, but he was due for a win. Yeah, and he was running well. So, yeah, that's, I guess, next up. I should say it's good to see Sanchez bounce back from that sucker punch, but um, (laughs) we were just talking. How do you want to discipline him? Craft and get your ass kicked. Craft and I'll go to work for us. Yep. Um, but no, if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. <laughs> I do want to say too, like as much as I it seems or sounds like I was just ripped the shit out of the truck series. There is a lot of good guys in that series that are fun to watch. Rhodes, Crafton, Majestic puts on good racing too. Yeah, when it's on, it's on. Yeah, yeah. When those guys, I it's not the entire field that is. A crapshoot top to bottom. Stewie. I mean and finger. And finger. There are some savvy vets in there that are they're fun yeah. to watch when they when they when it gets on and yep. So it's a mile and a half. You get them to a Bristol, you get them yeah. to a Martinsville, you get them to some of those tracks that just produce good racing. They do, they honestly do. That's yeah, it's a good point. It's just hard at a in an event like this when those guys don't get a chance because you got two young guns that ultimately take the field out yeah and i yeah i think that the unfortunate part is a lot of times these young gun mistakes overshadow the good racing or unfortunately wreck some of these vets trucks and then all of a sudden it's like yep here we go again but no it it is a good series i do enjoy it and it does the racing yeah, they were talking Ben Rhodes last year. He had one DNF. Well, he's got his one. Yeah, he's all for one already on the year. Last thought before we jump topics. You know, we always talk about like you know rising stars. Who's going to make the next jump? Is Rhodes just going to be a trucker for life? Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Like I, he's him and, let him and Crafting go at it. I'm here for it. Oh, absolutely. And then I mean, like he's in the mix. <laughs> like he's every go. year. Like if you want to move up in the series and you want somebody who takes care of his equipment, runs up front, finishes the races, one DNF a year, like comes from behind a ton. Yeah. Like that's somebody who you would think should be in line for, hey, let's look at getting him an Xfinity, right? But is he just does he not have the funding? Is he just content being a trucker? Well, I, he's I probably happy to win races. Absolutely. He, He's winning races with our sport, and you got good you got good good drivers around you in that camp as well. I mean, him and Majeski, you can duke it out with your teammate every week at this point. If you work good with your sponsors too, yeah. If you know, yep, I'll stick with you for you know if you stay in the trucks, we'll stick with you. Okay, I have a guaranteed ride. Yep. Everything too is, I don't know if what he has for family, but a twenty six race schedule is a lot easier. A little bit more family time for him. Yeah. I don't know. Just interesting thought, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Kind of, I guess, we'll, is, we might as well go ahead and jump into the the grand finale of the weekend, huh? Well, the, the main event of the weekend, not necessarily the finale. Well, yeah. Xfinity's <laughs> rolling. Yeah. But it was it was the big one. The, the great American race. The Daytona 500. Um. It we got done here at seven o'clock, so an hour ago, 
uh, initial knee-jerk reactions. It's it almost feels like a live reaction at this point. I, I mean, the ending left me wanting more. Like, don't get me wrong. I get the rule. The the ruling of the finish was absolutely correct. They it was handled perfectly, but it just felt like I got left like something was missing almost. Yeah, I'd agree. It felt you just kind of sat there and you're like, "Oh, we're gonna let's rack them up and try it one more time." So Xfinity's rolling green. If you guys are. Got to pull up. Five. Yeah, we're already on lap five, bud. Yeah, I just fired up. Um, Dinger going for what is it, eight hundred miles today? Yeah, there's five guys doing eight hundred miles. Well, that's a good point to bring up here too. Uh, Anthony Alfredo, John Hunter AJ Almendinger, Daniel Suarez, and God dang it, who was the last one? I'm going through the lineup here. See if I can find him. Riley Herbst. Riley Herbst. They're all doing the double today. Yeah. 800 miles. I think the race itself was good. I think there was a lot of good pack racing. I think there was a little bit of different style of racing this year than we have seen in years past, mainly because we didn't see the single file ride it out at the beginning of stage three. Them yeah. guys were going at it the entire race. Yeah. And even like we were talking before, even like the end of stage two, they didn't wreck any race cars, but the boys were racing. <laughs> they wanted to wreck. They they were trying their damnedest at that point. Um, but just the moves and the runs and the lane changes and the blocks, they didn't wreck any race cars at that point. But wow, I was I was waiting for it to happen at the end of stage two as well. You know, I talk about the single file lane, and we're on lap seven of the Xfinity race, which they've already gone farther than the trucks and the cup race before their first caution. Yikes. Um there's a single file line here. Yeah, single file. They're all just running right around the top. So. And our looks like a genius. Because <laughs> these guys are running on to. But no, I I would say my initial re- knee-jerk reaction to cup race is, pardon my French, but fucking awesome. <laughs> just good to be back. And I I think this again makes another great case for the restrictor plate racing and what, the racing it puts on, and I think it's just awesome the strategies that were played out. And that you, especially, yeah. And when you get hey, you're going 200 miles an hour, and all of a sudden here comes six. You got to slow it down to whatever it is, 55 miles an hour, and just the strategies that groups of cars pitting together and then towards the end there i mean we were going what probably 10 laps three wide yeah and it was just better hope those belts are strapped tight because guys it was with less than 50 to go as kevin harvick said it's go time there's no give it's all take and that yep. was clear for 10 laps you know and they're running three wide everybody's pushing into that and point awesome and to that point, I think when you look at how the race played out, you had the you had the wreck real early. You took out a couple cars early, and then from there, we pretty much ran green flag, and we were able to let the strategies play out in terms of the stages. And when you wanted to stop for fuel, it's like the Chevys, the Chevys had the green flag stops nailed down. Yeah, 
the, the Chevys had that figured out in, in the Fords. They the gave them a hell of a run on that. The Chevys had it in the first half. The Fords figured it out in the second. The, figure, the Fords figured out what not to do when Chevy burned them the first time. Yeah. But it, it just that little yeah, that little incident, a little dust up early, and then um, it just from there, it, it was all strategy until about 10 to go, and we wrecked most of the field. Um, yep. It just that middle was intriguing because there were just different strategies with manufacturers. And then, like, at one point, you had, like, five cars stop. It was three Chevys, a Toyota, and a Ford. Yep. They just you're you're with who you're with, and you're like, okay, game on, here we go. Listening to the radio call on the way back from work, I was kind of listening to it before they did one of their green flag rounds. It was also the trying to get grouped together with guys, get down to that bottom line, so that way you could pit with who you wanted to, which added to the the strategy of it and how the race turned out and everything to go with that too. Oh, and they were kind of talking about that, especially with Blaney. Blaney was trying that first. Is his first or second round? Blaney was trying to get down, and I think it was Hamlin that was inside of him. They get a little run, and I thought he was going to clear it. Denny, ah, no, no thanks. Yep. And again, that played into that strategy of the rest of the Fords might be behind you, and you're going to be in trouble because you're just stuck in the second lane. And not only that, you talk about the strategy and coming to pit road. One, this race brings out, hey, it's our time to shine. Pit crew, Gotta be spot on. Yep. Pit road can't speed. You can't recover from that shit. Um, so it brings out the team as the the pit crew aspect of it under green flag, and then the game within the game that was the race winning move for the Chevys was that last green flag stop. They staggered themselves down the back stretch and they broke up the Ford line. Yeah, that was uh, Larson and Bowman. I think it was. Larson started it and he shuffled himself right in between Logano and whoever he was whoever was pushing Race Logano. Winning move. Yeah. Split up it was Logano, Reagan, Brad Kay, and who was the other four that was those four that were just latched and they were just I think Blaney was in there. Blaney yeah. those guys were in there. Yep. With the game within the game, down the back stretch, they come off pit road, not quite up to speed, but they staggered themselves enough that they got those forwards out of line. And yeah. Ended up being a race when a move for the Chevy camp, but speak of the devil, it, and man, girl, you mentioned it, David Reagan. Oh yeah, He's competitive, seriously competitive in that yep. RFK car. I, that I, was a that was a dime a, a hell of a pick by Keselowski. Yeah, to get him in that car, hell yeah. of a pick. At and one point, he, I looked down and I'm like, "He's running second. He's like, all of a sudden, where'd he come from? Yep, he was running He's better running than his, his teammates." Yeah, and it was first time, first time in that next gen car too. Yeah, yep. And they they mentioned on the broadcast too. A lot of those guys, David Reagan, they said, first off, kudos to him. What a fucking run! Pardon my French. You're really I'm, dropping the French here. Sorry, <laughs> getting into but, it tonight. Yeah, we're lo- we lost our PG thirteen rating. A little bit juiced up after that race. Um, <laughs> No, they said like he's really involved in I don't know where he is, but setups of cars, tire pressures, all that stuff. So it's like Yep. It, it wasn't a hey, 
I know you haven't hopped behind the wheel in 10 years. See if you can do it, but shows um, up, gets in the car, runs the race and leaves type of thing. Yeah. Um, somebody who had to race his way in too. Yeah. Well, no, he didn't have to because he qualified in. Well, that's what I'm saying. He showed up without a guaranteed starting spot. Yep. Yep. Um, I want to touch, go back to like the tight racing there for a little bit. We saw it in the duels, definitely saw it in the 500. The riding it out portion of that race was them side by side running those top two grooves in that oh. race. And that you want to talk about a one little mistake and you're really piling them up. That and then you have McDowell picking and choosing his lane by God. And then at one point, like Bell had pulled out to make it three wide and we're going into one and McDowell's a sitting duck on the bottom. He can't yeah. get off track on the apron. And it's like damn, everyone damn shame for out. McDowell too. I know. Damn shame. Yeah, he was in my lineup. Not a big deal. <laughs> he was in mine too. God, he yeah. could have talked about a guy that could have made a disrupted that a lot, but no, I it, it definitely was a lot more intense this year than I think we've seen in years past again because we didn't see that single file line. And honestly, the, the third lane it came in late, but during the race, the top two lines were the dominant spot to be. The, the bottom would kind of get a group together and then it would kind of fizzle and then they would make a little run and then they would fizzle. Um, where those top two grooves were just wide open the whole time. Yeah. And I think I'm just another point. Trying to wreck. Who? I'm just you're watching watch, these guys trying yeah, to wreck. Yeah, you're watching Xfinity, aren't you? They're uh, trying to wreck. <laughs> I think, too, some of the others, not only the game within the game, working with your manufacturer, your team, but not only that, but we saw a lot of guys that it was, hey, I'm here for myself and myself only. I, I bet and you, every, I think everybody was. Honestly. I want to hear your thoughts on it, Mr. Blaney. Um, well, so, yeah. Because he, it happened early on, which I don't think he fully understood, you know, when he got left in the dust on the pit strategy, he had to, he was on pit road for an extra second to get more feel. And he got lost with the Fords that he pitted with. And he was pissed because they were just driving away from him. I don't think he fully understood what the reason was. But you heard him come on the radio later or at shortly thereafter, drop a couple F-bombs saying he ain't helping any of his teammates the rest of the race. And he made that quite clear at the end of stage two. Stuck to his guns. <laughs> he gave Sindrick the shaft. Yeah, he <laughs> did. Which I said to you guys in the group chat, Kellen, you're like, wow, you know, bold move. But it's like, I don't know if they got a little chemistry issue, but Cindric did it to Burton in the duels. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, doing to others as you do on yourself, I guess, kind of the situation there. Of Hamlin did the same thing. Honestly, I bet you, and it just seemed like that throughout the race. The only time there was ever like that, that cooperation amongst anybody was, was pitting. Because everybody needed somebody to pit with. Yeah, to run. Yeah. Yep. They ended up not going a lap down, ultimately. Yep. It's like you can deal with the race itself on your own. But when it came to pit road, you needed that partner. Yeah. And that's what I think. Again, it kind of mixed up at least the manufacturers of like, 
You didn't like, see the big Chevy group. You didn't see the big Ford group. You really, I mean, honestly, you really only saw it with that last pit stop. Yeah. That felt like the only time that the manufacturers really had it organized. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, all of a sudden they had it all sorted out. But those first couple pit stops, it was just, a, they were all mixed bags of, I mean, Christ, at one point you got a three-car stop. It's Justin Haley, Kyle Bush, and Denny Hamlin are your three cars that stopped. You're like. What the hell? Yep. Another yep. storyline. I could talk about this race for hours. Um, the cars. If for being a restrictor plate race, guys could go. Kyle Busch and Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney. Those guys, you know, typically you get stuck in the back and you ride around for a, bat, for a while. Heck no. Those boys nope. were front to back to front, like they were, Kyle Busch was driving it through the field. Joey Logano had the the car, the, the class of the field for a car. But those boys, I mean, for a restrictor plate race, the moves they made, they could drive it right back to the front. Yep. And honestly, I wanted to see those two race it out at the end. I, I think between those two and Probably Danny. I wanted to see those three race at all because I think looking at what they did, they probably had the best three cars in the field. Yeah. But it's Daytona. Which that kind of brings up the point. You know, I mentioned at the top of the show or the episode, I should say, that it felt like that finish left us wanting more. And, you know, maybe I got to look at the replay a little bit more. I think the car that really determined the caution was Cindric. Him coming back up onto the track and depending on how he hit was, that's how the caution was determined. But do we think he got thrown too early? So here's what I'm going to say. I think when I looked at it, what I honestly wanted to happen, and I know the rule is the rule, but I wanted NASCAR to go back and say, we're going to re-rack them and finish it. We'll take the guys out that are wrecked. We'll take them off. We'll, we'll make sure that they're okay. Start there. Get them off the track. I was just hoping there was going to be one more chance at it to let them race for it than go back on the video and make a call. So, But, but you got to stick to your guns. The rule is the rule. I, I get that. I really yep. do. And like I said, Cendric, Cendric, I mean, Chastain spun too, but Cendric was the one that caused the lights to come on, basically, with how he wrecked. And it's Correct. just a matter of, was it at a point where, and it's, the caution comes out in that scenario when a driver is at risk or when safety needs to roll. Correct. So it's just, I would have to, like I said, I have to go back and see how he wrecked, but I don't know. Is it, oh. ooh, there's a hard hit. Xfinity. Ooh, here. Who just piled into them? There's three of them there. Uh, so, 91. Can't see that other one. The 15 that vodka. One? That's Haley Deegan. Yep. With the hood up? Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah. That's Deegan. Uh, that's uh, for those that are Suarez? listening, Suarez? that's Suarez in the 14. We're, uh, we're watching this, the Xfinity race. As we're recording here. No, they made it 23 laps before they wrecked. Yeah. Is that 14? Is that a calling car? Uh, no. Okay. I don't remember whose car that is, but it's not a calling car. I think it's part of that, like, 
track um I don't know. What was I gonna say about cup series? What were we just talking about cup series? Well, we we're talking about the finish. The finish in the rack. Oh yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but I jog my memory on the overtime rules. I thought when you get the white flag, usually there's the white strip down the back straightaway that on the white flag, you have to get to that. That was, yes, that was years ago. They abolished that. They did away with that. Yeah. Yep. So it was purely was like white. Year. It's white flag. Next flag ends the race. Yeah. When did they well, get rid of that? I thought that they had this rule like last year. Because it took the oh, Daytona, Talladega, perfect example. It took them five tries just to hit the line. Yeah. For it to be an official race. Because guys would be wrecking on the backstretch before they even hit the line. Because when the, when the race, when they threw the flag and they're like, I think William Byron won it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, we didn't hit the white line. We got to re-rack them. Yeah, no, you're, you're a few years behind there, bud. Yeah, good. Yeah. Wow. He's bringing, maybe we need to do a podcast episode on NASCAR rules. Oh, that was Ooh, a hard my, hit hard. Yikes. Ouch. He just got right reared full Ooh. out of steam. Mayor. Oh, Mayor. Yikes. Ouch. A very similar to Blaney wreck. Correct. That looked like it hurt bad. Oofed. But no, I mean, unfortunately, the rule's the rule is what yep. it comes down to. You know, I mean, it was the right, regardless of when the caution came out, it was 100% the right call. Yeah. That's far they, took, they, they followed their rule to a T. And and I knew they took the green. I sat there, I'm like, they called it. I, it's just going to be a matter of when did the lights come on and who was out front. Yep. And they followed that to a T. Yeah, they said that's what they're going to do. And now I I do like William Byron. I don't mind him winning that race. I mean, I wish it, we could have raced it out, but for Hendrick and them to go one, two, especially with Bowman there, um, for him to win the on, race, uh, I do like him. But on Hendrick's either today or tomorrow's 40th anniversary of being a team, you can't, and Hendrick said it himself, you can't write better than this today. It was today. Yep. So you can't you can't write better stories. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I enjoy William Byron. He's obviously a, a badass race car driver. And I don't know if I've mentioned this in in previous episodes when we were kind of previewing the season, but I definitely have him in my championship four. I think I'm at this point that I've got him as my champion for this year. Oh no, you're showing that is my prediction. Really? I was going to say it after finally watching the NASCAR speed, the full speed. Hard not to be a fan realizing he's only 25 years old and is dialed in and as motivated and the kid's only going to get better. Oh, yeah. And it's like the year he had last year, it's like that was his coming out party. And then you hear him saying that <clears throat> docuseries of I'm – I felt like now I am really confident with my team and knowing what he wants in his car and stuff like that. And it's like, shit, he had that year last year and he wasn't confident and didn't really know what he wanted. It's like, shit, we're looking at the next 15 years of domination from that 24 camp. And now you knock off at Daytona 500. There's one thing left. Yep. 
well, other some crown jewels, but now that next big check mark is that championship title. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So. No, I mean, honestly, just I'm I'm glad we're back. I mean, we're a day late, but we're it was racing. a great it was a great race. Still kept up the energy for even being on a Monday. Yep. A lot of fans. That's that's what some of the reporters were saying too. That there were a lot of fans that stuck around, almost like you didn't even know it was a Monday race. Yeah. I want to get into some of these drivers, some of the results. Um, you just saw that replay again, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, Meyer Mayer hit hard. Cam, are you watching this? Yeah, that's where you just hope and pray when you hear him on the radio. Hey. You just want to hear the, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I just need a second. But, but hey, I will say one of the things, getting into it, the young guns showed up. Looking at John Hunter Nemechek finishing seventh. Granted, he had what you could argue was a little bit his fault early on with the Harrison Burton. Um, Yeah. But you had John Hunter Nemechek finishing seventh. The Ford camp showing up. I, Tony Stewart put them on notice. Good run for Gregson, ninth. Chase Briscoe, 10. And then one of my sneaky picks in fantasy, Zane Smith over Josh Berry. Zane Smith brings home the 71 and 13th. Yep, I had that pick as well. I also had Corey LaJoy in my lineup. He finished fourth. Bubble Wallace, a guy that, you know, he's probably got a lot more confidence coming into this year as well. He finished fifth. Yeah, Dinger yeah. was sixth. Yeah, I maybe should have done a little more head scratching on that situation, but <laughs> conversation for next week. So but I will say, you know, some of the guys we've talked about and not put on blast, but um the guys that we had saying that they gotta come through. Bingo. Bowman, Sindrick, the Joy, Elliot. Elliot was there at the end too. The guys that we said had to come through were coming through. Eric Jones. Jonesy. Given. Again, race one of 26 in the regular season. Long ways to go. But this is a very big confidence booster of we made it out of Daytona. With a damn good finish. Yep. Your points team. ahead. You're literally points ahead already. Yep. And then now. they were and we're going into Atlanta, which we'll talk about here shortly, but we're going into Atlanta, another super speedway race with confidence and a car. Yep. Yeah, we're not building from the ground up again. Yep. I would have liked to see Jimmy get up there and mix it up a little bit. He got yeah, that one wreck it. earlier for him. Yeah. And I think another thing, too, talking about the big one, some of those in-car, and we were just talking to it and looking at it on the Xfinity race, but some of these wrecks, holy hard. shit. They wrecked Lane hard did. this week. Lenny's borderline getting abused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's sad not. that that big one was his easiest wreck that he's had recently. And we all thought that he hurt his hurt his wrist in the process. 
the way that wheel snapped, well, you heard Kevin Harvick say, he's like, if you hold on to that wheel and that ragged pin steering jerks, oh, yeah. it'll break your thumbs. Or break your wrist. And you yep. saw Blaney right away grab his wrist and you're like, oh, no. Yep, that's but, a, yep. So, but no, he seemed all right, so. Yep. Well, hell, hell of a race to, to start the year off. Again, I, I felt like it was a great uh, a great race, even for a Monday. Race season's upon us, boys. Yeah, just the anticipation kept building. Like, all right, yeah, late Sunday, we'll get it in. No, 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 no it's Monday. So As it's I was just... listening to the radio broadcast at work, the goosebumps were, were definitely coming on. Oh, for sure. And I'm telling you, Cam, you put it on your top 10 rate bucket list races. And you and you mentioned something like, yeah, it's probably another super speedway race. The energy will make you put that list very high on your list. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's. I mean. If they put on racing like they did tonight, I mean, you can't as a race fan ask for much more. No, <laughs> you're still doing the stand, to sit in the stands and see the way those boys were racing three wide for laps on laps. And yeah, um, that's a race fan's dream right, right there. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously. So William Byron, he's finally gets a check that day to Mark and we guess I kind of mentioned it. I mean, he puts his mark not only on the Daytona 500 win list, but he's officially in the playoffs. To yep. the next Champion, championship hunt starts now. So I mean, you want to talk about changing the trajectory of a year, too. He's on oh, a yeah. different schedule than everybody else the rest of the year. Yep. And that can be very dangerous. We're locked in. We're getting stage points. When everybody's pitting, we're staying out and getting stage points. We're going to run it long. We're going to short pit. I mean, he's on a whole different schedule the rest of the year. We're going to steal wins from other guys. Yep. Damn right. Gives you a chance to kind of protect your your teammates as well. Yep. Especially at some of these speedway races, especially. So, um. Yeah, well, we'll go ahead and jump into – want to touch on a couple race previews and then make some race picks for the coming weekend. I think before we just get into the race preview, one last thought on um, Daytona. Not only was it a fantastic race, but we've been talking about, you know, tone setters and confidences for confidence for teams moving forward, but the gas man's fantasy team. Huh. <laughs> if I can win with that lineup – Talk about a tone setter and the confidence moving forward. Yep, this team were pat on the back. I'll, I'll give you one. Good job, Brett. For, Again. The, listeners, for the listeners, anybody listening, talk about who's who'd you who'd you guys throw in your lineup? Hold I'll, on, I got to pull mine up here. So, for the record, the point standings for after today's race, Gasban was 141 after having uh, Dylan bow out early. Myself was at 129, uh, naming off a couple of our other uh, members that join in. Dietzel was at 106, our Jackman was at 92, and Kurt Busch Stan was at 85. Here you go. I had Blaney Hamlin, Brad K., Busher, Kyle Busch, and then 
I had McDowell, but I subbed him out. I had LaJoy, Kozlowski, Elliot, Wallace, and Reddick with McDowell moved into the garage. And I got, I believe I only got one of my pickums. Correct. I got one of my pickums in Zane Smith. Zero. I went over. So here's here was my lineup. I went Sindrick, Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse, Bubba Wallace, Eric Jones, and Harrison Burton. Obviously, Burton was out early. And I went three for four on the pickums and missed out on the Logano Gibbs pick. I picked Stenhouse to finish ahead of McDowell, Chastain over Reddick, and Smith over Barry. Yeah, well, which you want to talk about those are 10 a pop so that was a quick 30 point swing there for me yep yeah over but anyways yeah uh fired up for that um that that keeps you locked into the race day when it's like you're almost game planning like any other sport hey what's the game plan going into today Sit down, look at previous winners, look at practicing qualifying results. And dual race. Dual races. Don't get that every week. But, no, it's a fun way to stay engaged and a little strategy involved. I said we're playing the long game this year, so feel real good about the team's strategy and where we're at and where we're headed. So, so should be a good year. We'll see. We shall see. Mm-hmm. So are we we good to go to race previews? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Thought we um yeah, so kind of jumping into it, we'll just touch on real briefly here, uh just because um we'll put out a couple shorter videos later in the week for these. Um Cam, what do you got for your first one? Put me on the spot. Um <laughs> yep. But when you guys put me on the spot, I should know. There's probably about a 90% chance I know where we're going. Um, but as always, gas man, we're back on the dirt this week. Um, and looking forward to getting Lucas Oil going again. Um, and we're going to be previewing um, Lucas Oil at Golden Isle Speedway. So um, still in that southeast corner kind of swing um, and getting them going again. Um, stay tuned for the preview. Um, I'll do a little bit more research on – What's, what kind of track we're going to be looking at, um, some point standings and some storylines. Obviously, they've been off for about a week, uh, a little over a week um, after their um, racing at uh, East Bay. So uh, those boys will be back in it, back to it this weekend at Golden Isles. And, um, yeah, we'll be looking forward to getting some dirt dirt supers back going again and um, – as always, we'll put on a heck of a show. So stay tuned later in the week, hopefully Wednesday or Thursday, um, probably Thursday morning for me. Um, be looking to drop that race preview and, um, yeah, give you some quick hitters on the Lucas Oil at Golden Isles. And I'll be riding with you. I'll be heading down there with you for uh, uh, High Limit. At Golden Isles, so kind of a cool deal there that obviously both of those broadcast on flow. Um, but now we've got high limit sprint cars running with Lucas Oil um at Golden Isles. So 
talk about again we say it all the time if you don't have flow again another absolute awesome opportunity to catch both these big national tours together um high limit will only be racing february 22nd and 24th so um from there they're off until april so last chance to catch them before they really are um off for a little bit to kind of hit the ground running later in april with their season so uh yeah same track different series um but that'd be a super cool deal to finally have those two big series paired up together down at golden isles Maybe really the only other the only other racing that's left that's on the week uh is nascar at atlanta uh, so we go for one super speedway race in Daytona to another somewhat super speedway race that is Atlanta, really packed racing. So uh, we go back to back on that. Obviously, we'll see who uh, who makes it out of here with their car. They can get things turned around. I'm sure maybe some guys are also planning on wrecking their car at Daytona, so they'll uh, bring a different car to Atlanta. But uh, no, that Atlanta's coming up. All three series are still racing again uh, down there. Um Again, series is, is kicking into full swing. Um, just clicking them off again with Atlanta. And with that, I mean, we, we talked a little bit earlier about race picks. I know it's only Monday. We just finished up with the 500, but should we make some race picks here for Atlanta? I think we got to. I, I mean, I might as well go first. Well, so we are, just to explain how we do our picking from here on out, we are going in. Uh, reverse order of points finish from the previous race. So since Cam has show Bonely told us plenty of times that he was first this week, he's going to pick a last, which also means Kellen was last in the points amongst the three of us. So he gets to go first. Are we picking one or two? Just one. Just one. Just one. It was a big race. Daytona was a big one. So we had to pick two. Too much liability Daytona to pick one. I kind of like that too. Can hedge your bet a little bit, but all right, go ahead. Kyle Bush. Jeez. Do you think about that at all? Not really. He was fast today. I'll take him in Atlanta. Well, I'm gonna rattle I'm gonna rattle one off right away too. This guy's gonna go back to back at Atlanta. Joey Logano. Oh, jail twenty-two. And Camp's gotta figure out what he's doing because he wasn't prepared. And Ooh. I'm gonna stay. Um, I'm gonna stay with HMS, getting a hometown win. I'm gonna sound that bell. Chase Elliott, he's gonna get the get a win. Um, obviously, a down year with the injury last year, not getting a win. Um, this is kind of his hometown track. He got it done here a few years ago. Um, and I'm gonna stay. In the Hendrick camp, and I think Chase Elliott's going to get it done. Wow. So real, so real quick, I'll just read out the top five from last year's race. This is the spring race as well. Uh, Logano, Kislowski, Christopher Bell, Corey Lejoy, and Tyler Reddick were your top five. Yeah, I thought about Reddick, but he usually likes to run right up along the fence, which is scary. <laughs> so I set it on my, I set it on my expectations. If he can keep it out of the fence, he'd win a few more. But I, e. This is it races like a super speedway and doesn't take much to catch that that right rear in the fence. Oh, fair enough. So so those are kind of uh race previews, race picks um going into the weekend. So obviously stay tuned for those short videos to come out to give you more little in-depth track 
picks, guys to look out for, a um, little more in-depth detail um, as we go throughout the week. As we kind of wrap up, again, the episode 22, as always, um, if you want to get in on the fantasy thing yet, we got time. You got time. Yeah. It's on our socials. Um, jump into I'll, that. that we'll, yeah. we'll throw it out a couple more times on the socials this week to to get everybody involved. And yep. Yep, you're with how with how terrible we all performed this week. You got time to catch up. <laughs> yeah, there's time. The window <laughs> is still open to be in there. Um, but as we as we wrap up again, uh, we always enjoy always enjoy feedback, um, comments, race picks, um, anything as we go throughout the season here. So, um, if you got ideas, shoot them to us. We're more than happy to uh, put stuff together. Um, and as always, like, comment, subscribe. And stay tuned for race previews, and we'll see y'all next week.